like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prudes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. I am Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me for a special Yule podcast where we combine our BDSM United podcast with a new podcast that we've started called the Heathens Podcast. So today we're going to talk about this season, sometimes called Christmas, depending on uh, on where you are, maybe Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Um, all of this, this season and this time of year, the winter solstice, perhaps you call it Yule, and uh, all of these different tra- traditions uh, fall within this same happy holidays kind of, if you're secular, kind of time of year. Right here in the winter time. And so we want to talk about some of the magic that's involved in this time of year and really what is most of these different religions and these different um, mystical traditions talk about when uh, uh, when this time of year comes around but we also since we're also combining the BDSM United podcast we want to talk about what kinds of kinky play is good for this season something that goes along well with uh with this season and it's you know just heads up it's not going to be santa and elf role play <laughs> uh, no we're going to talk about something that you know we feel matches the magical or the magic of this kind of year or this time of year so much of pagan religion surrounding Yule, surrounding this winter solstice, is about imminence. To define imminence, it's a philosophy slash theology, and it's in uh, uh, it's the opposite of transcendence. Uh, transcendence says that uh, that. God exists like beyond the world is like God is outside of the world looking in yet imminence means that God dwells within us he exists in and through the created world as opposed to being separate from and above the universe This isn't just a Christian term. This is also very much an occult term as well. And so how does imminence play out? Well, it plays out in this time of year in um, birth and rebirth. Ultimately, most right hand uh, or most of it can be right hand path or left hand path. But most of these religions are quite right-hand path that 
we really see in this time of year. And what does that mean? Well, that means that spiritually, spirituality, sorry, is about gods and goddesses as they're represented in the physical world and sometimes the universe beyond. And by uh, moving through life, aligning with the seasons as a spiritual metaphor, these uh, magical adepts align themselves with the deeper mysteries of life and thus spirituality and magic. Ultimately, most right-hand path uh, religions are about surrendering to a divine as a goddess or god or gods and uh, or goddesses. And the path is taught in most um, paganism, neo-paganism, and also Christianity and some of the more mainstream world religions. Each year or season, speaking mostly about paganism, the, the magical adept moves deeper into the mysteries of life, into sexuality and death, and kind of follows um, this birth, life, death, and rebirth kind of cycle from the year to year, and it matches the seasons of like harvest and and uh, spring and summer and in winter when things grow, uh, things begin to die. And then spring is like a rebirth and summer is like a, um, is like a, you know, a fruitfulness and abundance. And then fall is like a harvest. And then we fall back into winter of death again. It's just kind of this cycle of life where the magical adept uh, plays out this continual um, birth, or rebirth, birth, life, harvest, death, rebirth, just over and over again, all throughout their lifetime. And their magic, you know, kind of flows and follows that. And so that's where we find ourselves in this Yule season, this winter season, this kind of shadowy season where we begin to process and live out that that death or that um, that those shadowy times when we look inside at uh, and come to terms with some of our demons or dark places and uh, oftentimes paganism deals with both feminine and masculine energies this life, death, celibacy, sexuality, happiness, and sadness, and all other physical and emotional experiences are viewed through sacred lenses. And so we find ourselves in this season of Yule and just this dark season this winter solstice, which is the least amount, is the darkest day of the year. There's the least amount of light, uh, you know, from sunrise to sunset. And so, as opposed to that, 
there are left-hand path type uh, practitioners, and it views paganism and, and divinity a lot differently, and gods and goddesses are forces of nature. They're analogies, they're representations of spiritual aspects of our collective consciousness. And, you know, whether a practitioner of the left-hand path considers them real or not isn't really important, and it's left up to the individual practitioners to determine for themselves. This work of eminence is only worked as an initiatory experience and as a magical way to work with the darker uh, forces at play within ourselves. Uh, this path of Yule for a left-hand path practitioner is about contemplation, about self-examination, a rebirth in and of ourselves and in different places of ourselves. Things like habits that need to die, or practices in our life, or um, some of our demons, some of our uh, some some of the darker things in our life needing to die and need to be reborn into or reinvented into something different. It's a stripping away of parts of ourself that aren't necessarily bad, but don't don't serve us don't serve our spiritual and magical growth. Um, magic, as far as left-hand path is concerned, is an empowerment of self. Seeing ourselves as a divine being on a path to ascending and beyond. Through ritual, perhaps, we experience in the left-hand path way ourselves as creator god or goddess creator of our own path creator of our own experience in this universe creator of our own will our own intention you know creator of our own opportunities we are somewhat the lord or the lady of our own universe as we see it and the traditional magic of Yule is an opportunity to use the energy of this type of year when it's most powerful in a very collective way. While um, other people are all are all focusing on imminence, on on this season, the shadowy season, the season of death, we can utilize their energy for our own private and personal purposes. So what are some of the different Yule traditions? And, and well, a typical one is a Yule log. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll see the Yule log in the background. Perhaps you hear a little bit of Yule time music in the background just subtly. And one of the traditions related to Yuletide is the burning of a Yule tree or an oak or an ash. Um, it, Yule trees are usually pr providing enough wood to keep a fire burning throughout the winter solstice, maybe even into the early days of January. These fires provided heat and light to the community 
in on the darkest days of the year. Another tradition around the Yule log is to use the log as a natural altar by placing candles and incense on their natural altars. Religious celebrations and magical workings could be realized. Um, if you prefer a replacement, a chocolate cake shaped like a log could really you know, be placed at the centerpiece of your home. These practices stem from traditions of archetypal stories between of a battle between the oak and the holy. Each of these trees are seen as kings of the different poles of the year, and the oak is the king of the light and um, of control of the physical and the spiritual reality from the holy tree, the king of darkness. His victory brought light back into uh, ascendancy again at Yule, and the magical symbolism is that the oak tree grows to a great height in the physical world while its roots reach far down deep into the soil. It represents a clear, awakened, and a grounded mind in perfect conditions to bring forth new life, both literally and in the sense of spiritual growth. So you can see a connection to nature, a connection to uh, to different symbolisms between um, light wrestling with darkness and life wrestling with death. So what are some kinky things that we can participate in this type of year that are... Um, that are good magical workings, yet still kinky, that, you know, work really well on this Yule theme. Well, we would say that a breeding kink would be the perfect kink to explore, or the perfect type of scene to explore, whether you inject that um, your will and intention and utilize the energy from that type of orgasm, uh, orgasmic scene into uh, into a potion or into a uh, into a a magical working or in, infusing it with your will and intention, and just sending it out into the universe to accomplish what you uh, what you will. So what is a breeding kink? Well, breeding is is generally either the possibility, the risk, or the intentional impregnation of a submissive partner or a bottoming partner. Um, and it's more focused on impregnation as a fantasy more than propagating a family line. So it's not really about getting someone pregnant it's about giving them a cream pie it's about it's about giving them your seed it's about injecting them with your semen and um people of all different genders 
all different sexualities, people even with different genitals, and be into breeding because it's about the fantasy of breeding. And that's more powerful than the biological possibility of someone getting pregnant. In fact, the appeal is often psychological, not physiological, or that kink. Whether the receptive partner can or cannot get pregnant is rather irrelevant. Um, it's equally hot when two gay men fuck and refer to it as breeding the bottom. It's the fantasy aspect of it. And you could really utilize um, a squirting dildo or, or anything like that. If you don't, if it's people with two vulvas that are into the breeding kink, it could just be uh, not so much even about injecting. It could be a pegging scene or something like that or a dildo scene. Um, just some kind of phallic device that, um, that simulates being bred or breeding. And so it's, again, the fantasy act aspect of it. And as with any fetish, that's really a lot of times the power of that dynamic, or that powerful dynamic, sorry. Independently of gender and sexuality of people involved in sex that involves breeding, there's this assumed idea that one partner is coming at the scene as a more top or a more dominant, and that they're sowing their seed while the other is more receptive literally a receptacle for the other's desires for the primal need to to survive it really kind of plugs into a uh, that fascination with sex and death and rebirth with imminence with injecting your um, your godhood into another person or taking kind of like a godhood over uh, over the person that you're breeding. Um, it is also oftentimes somewhat dehumanizing. It is um, objectifying. It's often sometimes even utilitarian. It's kind of somewhat reductionism, too. So... Um, it's utilitarian in the fact that it is about being used, being useful. It's uh, dehumanizing and utilitarian in that it's about the mechanics of sex sometimes. It's about sex with a reproductive purpose. It's about... It's about... Um, just the, the, the motion of using somebody as a receptacle and someone being somewhat of a cum dump or, or a, um, just like I said, a receptacle. So there can be an emotional component to it, but uh, for, for the person receiving, but there doesn't have to be, in other words. It can just be about being being useful, being an object to be used. 
for the person breeding, doing the breeding, it can be a great magical tool, like we said earlier. You can, uh, you can inject and make it a, an analogy, a metaphor, a living example of, uh, of your will and your intention of um, something that you want to be reborn something in your life that needs to be repurposed, needs to be reused, reborn. All of those kinds of intentions can be injected. And when you're injecting your seed into this receptacle, you are releasing that into the universe in your will and in your intention. So that's kind of the um, bringing the do, two different things together, bringing the kink bringing a bit of sex magic into uh, into this Yule season. And it's also kind of gives you a lot of, uh, even, even if you're not into sexual activity or kink or BDSM, even though uh, we're into both. And so it's represented in our two different podcasts, BDSM United podcast and for this special Yuletide Happy Holidays kind of version, we're bringing our, our brand new Heathens podcast uh, into uh, into this special as well. And so you can find both of those, by the way, at www.bdsmunited.com. There's links to both of those there. And so... Thank you for listening today. I'm Primal Piggy, your host, on behalf of my partner, Jen, and I, and all of our extended family and all of our different mods and admins and things that we, that we have as part of our team. We just want to wish you a happy holidays, and uh, may you get the most out of this time of death and rebirth in this shadowy winter time of year. Really use it. We really encourage you to use it for your greatest will and your greatest intention and really get the most out of this season. It's been a joy talking with you today. And as always, we'll talk to you again soon. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at DatingKinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters, for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.